HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by 360 Cookware. Their stainless steel cookware uses vapor technology to cook better tasting, more nutritional food. To learn more and receive 20% off, click their logo on our website, heritageradionetwork.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. All right, you're listening to Let's Eat In. It's Heritage Radio Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Arroway. Um, it's winter, and um, it's not so exciting when it comes to seasonal produce, so it might be a great time to get reacquainted with a bottle of booze. Um, today's show is about winter cocktails, and also it's the start of a new series um, I'd like to call Ask the Bartender. Um, they listen to your sob stories at the bar. They watch you on first dates. They help you have a great date, often, and uh, they know a great deal about drinks. So today we have a bartender, an actual living Brooklyn bartender on the show. And what is your name, sir? My name is Matthew Bagdanoff. And I, where do you do stuff? Well, I'm everywhere. Um, but right now I'm the beverage director at a little restaurant in Cobble Hill called uh, Van Horn. And um, What is your beverage um, specialties? Uh, I like to do classic cocktails uh, with sort of a modern twist, um, utilizing herbs, uh, but adhering to the principles laid forth by the geniuses of the pre-prohibition era. So in your role, you you invent the cocktails basically using these classic techniques and kind of like nodding to other classic cocktail recipes. Exactly, and I'm not ashamed to say it because I know a lot of other bartenders do the same thing. Uh, they'll take a classic as a template, mm-hmm. for example, uh, a perfect Manhattan or uh, an aviation or even something as, uh, you know, more complex, m- more contemporary as, say, a, a Moscow mule. Oh, yeah, okay. no, I, don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Part of my principle is uh, using fresh ingredients so i don't like i don't have pineapple juice just because we don't have a wearing juicer yet Mm -hmm. um and uh coconut 
uh, <laughs> milk. You know, it's well, it's coconut syrup. It's just mm. flavored Coco Lopez. That stuff is toxic. It's mostly mm-hmm. high fructose corn syrup. And no, so that wouldn't fly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. And plus, it's uh, it's, it's winter. It's not really a lot of time. Yeah. So what is good right now? What's a what's your winter cocktail of the moment, if any? Uh, so I am <clears throat> in love with uh, uh, a drink called a flip. Um, what I, is that? A flip. It's an egg white cocktail, um, and it's really simple. It's pretty much um, like a, an old fashioned with or um, with a frothy head. Yeah, with a frothy white? head, or you know, a, a flip can be anything. It can be a bourbon flip. You mm-hmm. can have a mm-hmm. gin flip. That kind of stuff. Um, so what unites it is the egg white. Yeah, mm-hmm. egg white, sugar, um, and uh, citrus, and I oh some sometimes citrus. sometimes citrus. So I did uh, a really great cocktail that's kind of a variation um i actually might be wrong about the flip but <laughs> that's it's, all right <laughs> it's more of a it's more of a, a playoff of a, a you know a sour and some people like their sours with uh egg white yeah it makes it real frothy but um my version was a gin based cocktail that used uh, averna which is in a an amaro um, amaro yeah i've heard of averna before so that's a liqueur it's uh it's Sort of. It's it's a herbed liqueur. It is definitely, um, uh, but it's a class of liqueurs uh, called amari, mm-hmm. which are an Italian specialty, and they're really great because each region in Italy produces their own uh, amaro, and mm. it's based on the local herbs. Herbs, yeah, that's what so I thought. So each one is unique to that region. Um, for example, it's the blend. Uh, yeah, mm. uh, fernet is an amaro. And that is from uh, Milan, I believe, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And uh, Averna is... Uh, somewhere else in Italy? Somewhere else in Italy. Yeah, but, but it's Italian. Yeah. And it's cool. it's enjoying uh, a bit of popularity right now. Uh, yeah. It's moderately priced. It's really delicious. It's sort of sweet. It's bitter. Yeah. So my cocktail includes that as well um, with uh, a little lemon and orange blossom water, which is absolutely nice. delicious. Throw in the egg white, you give it a dry shake, meaning you close the Boston shaker, you don't put any ice in it, you shake it to emulsify the egg whites with everything else, then you add ice and you shake it real long, mm-hmm. and uh, as hard as you can, and you strain it out with a tea strainer to get all the ice chips out, and then what makes it really great and seasonal is grated nutmeg on the top, mm-hmm. uh, mm. and then I drop a little star anise, and uh, there's a photo somewhere on the internet. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, and I called it the King's Cross uh, for... And that's know, at Van Horn. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Um, so what is a good cocktail? Because I really do think that it has like these therapeutic purposes, too. Like, a lot of people have the cold right now. What What's a cocktail that could help soothe... Something like that. Uh, well, there's two, and the obvious is the hot toddy, mm. which um, historically was just um, sugar and bourbon, hot water, a lemon slice, and some cloves, cinnamon sticks. Sounds you know. good. Um, I like to put um, a, a bit of citrus in there, some oh. lemon juice, mm-hmm. and I like to use honey instead of um, sugar. A brown sugar a lot of people use uh, just to give it, or demerara sugar, which is um, uh, an unwashed brown sugar. It's really delicious, but it leaves the drink kind of one-dimensional. And right. if, you're, if you have a cold... Well, honey is good for the throat. Honey, lemon, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, whiskey. Yeah, to, to warm up your belly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. And, and what about apple cider? I see that a lot in hot toddies. Is that like a sort of seasonal twist with ooh. fruit? 
yes. And in fact, uh, we have one on our menu too. Um, and uh, we take a cider um, and we infuse it mm. or we mull it with uh, fresh thyme. Yum. So I don't know if you've ever had a dessert with apple and thyme, but it's delicious. So, uh, you know, and it's as simple as it gets too. So you just have this thyme herbed uh, apple cider and we throw in uh, Laird's apple brandy, delicious brandy made out in Jersey, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that is, uh, yeah, it's fresh and uh, it's... Sounds like you could use one, Matthew. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a bit under the weather, as we all are. And what is the other type of drink you were going to say is also good for colds? Oh, uh, the penicillin. And what? And it's aptly named, because it is very medicinal, but also just super delicious. Now, this is a scotch cocktail. Um, okay. So you start with blended scotch, and you can take fresh ginger slices. It's real important to use fresh ginger, because uh, a ginger syrup or anything won't be as bitey. Won't be and as, that's like, good strong. for your circulation. Uh-huh. So you muddle the ginger... Uh, like just pulverize it with a, a toothed muddler in the in the scotch, and then you add a little bit of honey, mm-hmm. and then make sure you dilute the honey with a little water so that it blends better, and then lemon juice, and you shake it all together. You pour it over a nice big ice cube. That's penicillin. And then you take a little bit of Laphroaig scotch. It's that's an Isla scotch that's really peaty, and you just drip a few drops on the top of it. Oh, with a dropper. Mm-hmm. It's fancy. Yeah, you can use a dropper, or you can um, do the back of the spoon float method, which is uh, pour it in it. a spoon. Yeah, you pour it on the back of a spoon down the side of the glass. It's. I, I, I wish you could see the demonstration. <laughs> well, actually, you're doing a cocktail class, the second one ever mm-hmm. that you've had. Um, Matthew likes to share the wealth of knowledge when it comes to mixing drinks and you're going to teach a class at Van Horn. Mm -hmm. So it's a small seating of like 12 people and they get to drink and they get to learn and ask, uh, when this will be February 11th at 7 30 PM, um, Van Horn, it's 231 court street. Um, it's a good time, perfect timing actually, because, uh, it's right before Valentine's day and, uh, you know, it would be perfect really drinks, perfect drinks. Learn, yeah, how to, to make something for at home. Yeah, and you know, say you have a date, and you guys are out having a good time, had a good dinner, and you don't want the night to end, and <laughs> but you're at a place that has really great cocktails. Well, there's nothing sexier than saying, "Why don't you come, come back to my, to my place. place? I'll make you a perfect penicillin, or I'll make you a perfect old fashioned, and you can it's drop true. some knowledge." I've 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 actually been uh, quite seduced in this fashion, and, and you know you know it's something really attractive about someone who really knows what they're doing um, when it comes to mixing a drink because I don't, and it only takes like a couple of like tools. You don't need to have a whole set of bar equipment. Exactly, it's really easy to do something, say like an old fashioned, because mm-hmm. you you can do it in the glass that you're going to serve it in. Uh, it takes a little bit of know how, and especially. Uh, tempering the amount of bitters and sugar you use versus the uh, how, how strong um, oh. the liquor is. Uh, no, there shouldn't be any sour in an old fashioned. I know a lot of people like to muddle an orange and a cherry. Oh. That's called a muddle fashioned, and while kind of delicious, ruins the spirit of the old fashioned. Okay, and spirit meaning it the muddles the liquor. old fashioned. It, yeah, it <laughs> muddles and befuddles. It definitely <laughs> doesn't do it any justice because the whole beauty of uh, an old fashioned is that it's just 
taking a good spirit and accentuating it a little bit without destroying the integrity of the spirit. Oh, I see. What's a good spirit? Oh, man. So I'm in love with this bourbon that's actually produced up in the Finger Lakes. Um, and it's called Mackenzie. Okay. Mackenzie bourbon. Um, it is absolutely wonderful to put in um, to an old-fashioned. And mm. also a Manhattan, another easy cocktail to make at home. Um, and uh, there's another one, too, that's actually produced out here in Brooklyn. And it's called Widow Jane. It's a Kentucky bourbon, so it's a Kentucky mash, and it's made with limestone filtered water from upstate New York, mm-hmm. and then they age it and bottle it out in Brooklyn, in Red Hook, in fact. And um, Oh, is it at the, uh, what's it called? That distillery in Red Hook. I have no idea, but maybe. Oh, it's <laughs> killing me. I was there recently. Okay. Uh, Google it, uh, <sighs> listeners. Yeah. Okay. Widow Widow Jane. Just make sure your date isn't named Jane. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, if she is, then uh, too bad for her husband. <laughs> or wife. It's 2013. All right. So so how many liquor types of liquor should we have at home if we're going to stock for a, a, you know an impromptu uh, date after, after meal cocktail? You should definitely have um, whiskey. Okay. Gin. Gin, what kind? Oh man, yeah, it depends on what you're gonna make. Uh, right now, I'm in love with St. George's uh, uh, American Dry Gin, uh, mm-hmm. they're based out of California, and they produce a lot of different things. They produce um, cordials, they produce absinthe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all stuff that we have at Van Horn too. Um, I like that. It's a good spicy American Dry. It has depth. It's a little earthy. Mm-hmm. So if I were to make a martini. I would definitely go for that. It plays well with uh, uh, sweet vermouth. I like that. Yeah. Dry, spicy. Dry I think and that spicy. sounds good. Up my alley. I just remembered it's called Van Brunt Stillhouse. Oh, and, Van uh, Brunt. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they make the Widow Jane, but yeah. I know that they are a distillery that yeah. makes stuff in Red Hook. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, I think uh, the Widow so, Jane is basically bottled there. It's not actually... Okay. Yeah. It's not actually distilled there. Yeah, because I thought they only had one type. Yeah. Well, okay. So we got whiskey and gin. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Vodka? Um, no. Yeah. Well, okay. So there's Industry City. Uh, is Sunset also, Park. Yeah. Yep. Um, they have a really good vodka. I'm not such a big fan of vodka, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because the idea of spirits is to have a, an essence, a flavor. Mm-hmm. It has a spirit. It has. You know, it's indicative of the grain used, uh, the water used, the technique. Vodka is solely made to eliminate all of those flavors. Now, right. there are a few uh, that I enjoy that that retain its maltiness. Um, Ransom out of Oregon produces the vodka, it's called. Uh-huh. Pretty pretentious name <laughs> for a super pretentious vodka, but it's it comes across where, really well. Where are they made? It's Where's in Oregon. It that's a pretty pretentious thing. Yeah. Um, I, we can say this. I'm from Oregon. So, uh, then, yeah. And if you live there, you know. And uh, I live in Brooklyn now. So, um, And the other good vodka that I will uh, use, and in fact, it's the only one we carry now because no one orders vodka at my bar. Oh, really? Yeah. It's Like I said, it's, it's just a... 
it's it's flavorless. It's not that exciting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you want, oh, what's a good vodka cocktail? Well, vodka and then whatever juice you like. Yeah. All you're going to taste is the juice and get drunk off it. Good. Um, it, it doesn't do any other... Service. It doesn't do service to any other spirit and doesn't create something bigger than a whole, uh, than the whole of the cocktail. But I will say Tito's vodka made in uh, Austin, Texas is real good. It's spicy. Uh, it's not overly round and it does have flavor. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. it's, it's distinct and it's, tr- it's, you know, voted one of the best vodkas in the world consistently by all nationalities. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, go You're USA. Doing something right. Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, sounds like some good starting points. Um, we're going to cut to a quick little musical interlude and we'll be back asking more from the bartender. You're listening to Jeff Bridges by Space Disease on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Space Disease. Space Disease. Space Disease. program has been brought to you by americraft americraft and 360 cookware are proud sponsors of heritage radio network.org americraft is an american company and like heritage radio network they provide the best their 360 cookware is made of the highest quality ingredients like united states steel it is made in the greenest cookware manufacturing plant in the world americraft makes great cookware and is focused on improvement 360 cookware is their exclusive line It's a contemporary line of cookware and bakeware intended to let you, the Heritage Radio Network listeners, have a unique cooking experience. Its vapor seal allows food to be cooked in its natural juices, preserving all of the vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients without added water, oils, or fats. 360 Cookware invites you to learn more about how this process works on their website, www.360cookware.com. We all know what a foodie is, but what's foodiness? Foodiness is turning us into those chubby, slushy, slurping, lounge chair-bound morons in Wally, plugged in, pumped full of sugar, and brain-dead. Chef Erica Wides is here to fight against foodiness. You have to keep drinking the Let's Get Real Kool-Aid for it to start to work. Let's Get Real. Rediscover real food every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. All right, we're back on Let's Eat In, and today we're chatting with a bartender. We've got Matthew Bagdanoff. He's 
the drink master beverage director that is um, at Van Horn in Cobble Hill. So um, speaking of, uh, you know, the topic of this show is kind of like about date meals and home cooked or in this case, home shaken imbibulations. Um, you must observe a lot of dates while you're working. Was there ever an instance that um, just kind of struck you as a little wacky? Did, you, did anyone... Let's see. Or how about... Did you ever set up a date? Or did somebody at the end of the bar wanted to buy a drink for somebody? Something like that. And you helped play matchmaker. Um, I tend to stay away, stay away from situations <laughs> like that. I, um, you know, I, I like to be professional. I don't like to make people feel uncomfortable. And a good example of that is uh, one evening at my bar, um, a very drunk gentleman... <laughs> And his friend were sitting next to two very attractive uh, young ladies who were engrossed in their own conversation. And the drunk guy sitting immediately to their left was, uh, you know, staring over (laughs) and just generally being creepy. And he spills a glass of his wine. And that's the moment I should have kicked him out. But I... uh, I didn't, and a little wine went their way, and he apologized, and then I took that as an opportunity to interject himself into the conversation, and he said, bartender, make make them two drinks, whatever they want, whatever you want, and the ladies were obviously freaked out a bit, and said, no, it's fine, we don't want it, and so I just walked away, and the guy started you know, raising his voice, like, hey, I told you to make them some drinks, just do it, I don't care if they say no. And I walked up and I was like, well, I do care if they say no. I'm not going to make them something that they don't want. And you're kind of pushing a boundary here. And long story short, we had to kick them out. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I think the practice is a little tacky and outdated. By that that lady, a a glass of champagne. Meanwhile, they're your customers, too. And, you know, I think you made the right decision there. Yeah, you have to... um, you have to respect people, and right. it's you know it, it is really tacky to send a drink to somebody. Uh, <laughs> it, it is okay. It's tacky. It's classless. You know, like it's kind of a douche move. I mean, I'm sure that happened back in the day when you know sexism was more of a, a standard than it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's you know let the lady decide what she wants. Mm-hmm. So, what is another like? Where does the boundary come if somebody comes to you and maybe they're alone and they're drinking their head off and maybe they're telling you a breakup story or something like that, and you have time to talk and be like kind of their listener? Does that happen? It happens every day. Every day. Wow. Um, okay. You know, it, it it also depends on the establishment. Uh, working at a restaurant is great because a lot of people are. Uh, generally happy and mm. you know trying to uh, get involved with food you know you <laughs> if you're at the shot and beer place that's where people go to drown okay. their sorrows I see, I see. It, it it happens to me quite frequently and i I'll always tell people don't ask me about relationship advice because i am such a defeatist when it comes to that kind of thing if mm-hmm. anything is hard if anything drives you to drink just don't do it. <laughs> so right. what should I do about this guy? I like him and he's a jerk. Well, then don't see him. Right. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Uh, to me, anyways, it's not simple to them. Um, I have witnessed an actual breakup at the bar, Ooh, which was the that's, most... That's rough. It was the oh. most uncomfortable thing. I felt bad for the poor woman. She was bawling her eyes out. <gasps> um, 
loudly, everyone in the restaurant could hear it, and ev- people at the oh, bar dear. sitting next to them moved away because it was so awkward. Oh. And I think, like, why have a breakup conversation at a restaurant? It happens all the time. Um, and if she starts crying, why do you sit there? And this guy was getting, like, intense and he's being uh, oh my uh, gosh. accusing her of something. And, uh, you know, like I say, I wasn't not really eager to get involved in the situation. No, so I stayed no. as far away. But at the same time, they did order food for me. So I had to serve them food. And, you know. <laughs> How is everything here? <laughs> How are you, How, are you doing, doing all right? <laughs> I'm doing fine. So do you guys need another uh, drink? I'll take another glass of wine, please. Oh, dear. It was really sad. And uh, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen in my life. Guys, don't do this to bartenders. <laughs> take it. Indoors at home. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. All right. So more happy topics. What do you think, in your opinion, is the ultimate awesome romantic date meal? Wow. Um, didn't... Uh, didn't you... Full disclosure, okay. um, uh, Kathy and I have known each other for a long time. I did ask you advice about um, aphrodisiac foods, and you had a whole... We had a, a little dinner... Oh my gosh, that's right. We did this like five course aphrodisiac dinner with friends. It was awesome. Which you cooked primarily. So uh, let me ask you a question. What do you think is the most romantic date meal? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> we figured it out. Asparagus? Yeah, that's supposedly an aphrodisiac. Um, uh, I can't answer this question. My uh, girlfriend and I had a meal and it was for Valentine's Day mm-hmm. about two years ago. Uh I researched what the most aphrodisiac foods were, and uh, so I made a, a four-course meal. First course was a uh, asparagus and avocado salad. Yum. Second course was um, something that I completely forget. Third course was veal steaks. Veal Ooh. is apparently a really great aphrodisiac. And they're very luxurious. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, poor baby cows. It was not veal. I don't really like that whole thing but it was venison venison yeah, deers. Yeah, yeah. No, another v rudolph word. <laughs> yeah good old rudolph is delicious <laughs> and apparently uh, it's good for uh oh good bambi for, sorry good for romance okay um and uh what was the oh yeah um chocolate ice cream something nice. with saffron i don't know it was, that that was the most romantic meal I've ever that had. sounds really good I, i'm digging the asparagus and avocado that sounds oh, like a great combo right it now was really good and, and i steaks mm. yeah i i went all out on that one and, and what would you pair with that if you could you know recreate it now um the venison is awesome with a good light red wine um light to medium with a little bit of like spice and earthiness uh, i can suggest uh give a little shout out to uh, my boy at palmer vineyards in the north fork of long island they make a um uh, a cab franc that is one of the greatest things ever cool so that uh, we had that with the uh, venison steak and then we uh we had a uh uh the cocktail to start off the night was one of uh, my favorites and arguably the granddaddy of all, um, you know, modern cocktails. It certainly is a precursor to the martini, huh. the, Mar- the Martinez, oh. uh, which is, uh, it, it includes maraschino, uh, gin, sweet vermouth, and uh, orange bitters. 
And that's maraschino liqueur, right? Not yeah. just a cherry. And yeah, it's yeah. Uh, cherry juice stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so maraschino. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a good little side, Mark. Uh, maraschino liqueur is an absolute essential for the home bar bartending. It's It's got a romantic flavor. It's made from marasca cherries, so it's, uh, it's not um, a sweet cherry mm-hmm. liqueur. Uh, it is very uh, dry and almost uh, citrusy, mm-hmm. and it will make any cocktail taste good. Yeah, and it'll make it a beautiful, bright shade of red, right? Mm, it's actually clear. Oh, it's a clear, yeah. it's a clear liqueur. Um, <laughs> grenadine. Grenadine will work. Uh, it, well, the Martinez has sweet vermouth, which is red, so oh, okay. it gives it this uh, reddish hue. Well, that um, sounds perfect for Valentine's Day, then. It is. It was good, and, and then uh, that's called the Martinez. Martinez, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's sounds sounds delightful. And what is it with like cocktails? Can I not drink a cocktail in the middle of the meal? It has to be before or after. What's your take on that? Exactly. That's a really good point. Um, the idea of the cocktail is it's supposed to be pre-prandial before mm-hmm. you eat. It's um, supposed to wet your appetite. Okay. Um, and it, it's important not to dull. That's why sweet cocktails, for example, uh, you know sex on the beach like that kind of like you know highball kind of nonsense cocktails where it's mostly just canned juices and syrups screwdriver yeah yeah like that kind of stuff uh steer clear from that you want something that's dry unique and interesting to sort of wet your wet appetite your palate, it's just I see. it's just to open like the alcohol helps uh you know with the digestion process it it conditions your stomach um to to you know receive the onslaught of food you're about to I didn't uh, know that yeah so and um, then the after dinner the digestive mm-hmm, helps that even yeah. more there's the aperitif and the digestive and uh, but the the problem with having a cocktail mid meal mm. uh, is that it's it takes away from both the food and the, the cocktail that's why um, people suggest pairing with wine and mm-hmm. at the most beer but you don't want anything with too much uh, heavy liquor because you're going to start to dull your taste buds. Um, and any really great, magnificent cocktail should stand out on its own. Yeah, that so sounds about right. That's my philosophy. And uh, not I, I definitely serve people four and five cocktails throughout the course of their meal, and I'm happy to do it, and they don't seem to mind. But well, I'm not going to... they're just stuck on that taste. They just want to continue it. Exactly. And, you know, mm. it, that's flattering. <laughs> Someone orders four cocktails of the same... Uh, variety in one night uh, that means you're doing a good job so sweet well thank you so much for sharing some of that wisdom and i look forward to hearing more about it at your class on february 11th it should be really really it sounds great it's only 45 dollars, and it's cozy it's good for dates it's you know a small class yeah check it out on skillshare my name is matthew bagdanoff um the clock t- uh, class is called uh craft and cock Craft Cocktail Bartending uh, Practices and Principles. Excellent. Um, Yeah. Well, have fun with that. And uh, thanks again. Check out Van Horn in Cobble Hill. And thanks, everyone, at Heritage Radio Network. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website, or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at Heritage Radio Network 
heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.